Welcome to Opinion Havers, a movie podcast for people whose girlfriend is basketball. I'm Cody. And I'm Tyler. No, you're confused. I'm very confused. What? It's like you didn't even watch the same movie as me. What movie did we watch? We watched Transformers the last night. The entire reason I wanted to do the Transformers (laughs) series. Who cares about Bumblebee? Nobody. That's the answer. Who cares about the other four movies? Nobody. That's the fourth one is the worst. Can we just get that out of the way the first time? Hi. Look. No. No. The answer is yes. I. The was the fourth one bad. Obviously, no one's disputing that. Let us not forget the twenty-seven sexual innuendos from the second movie. Was that not hard to sit through? Here's the thing, though, Cody. We got to the end of the second movie. Yeah. And I was like, that's all right. I got to the end of the fourth one. One I've watched several times. And I was like, I'm not sure I ever want to watch this again. I've seen that movie a lot. And this last time just broke me. Okay. To your point. Here's what I think it comes down to. None of these movies are great on their own. Yeah. I think Transformers 1 is the most complete film. And the closest to being like... I'm a good movie because I'm a complete movie. Yeah. I think it really comes down to what tickles your tickles your fancy and what are the redeeming factors of each one. Yeah. Because we can agree that two through five, none of them are good. But yes. we can agree that each one has certain high moments that make us that bring us joy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. i.e. Ken Jong. Yes. I.e. Ratchet and Scratch It. What's the other one's name? Brains? Bringo and Dingo. Um, oh, mud flapping. Mud flapping. Clanky. Mud flap. Flipper. Skids. Skids and mud flap. You know? Yeah. So it just depends. And if I'm being honest, and if you want to know my opinion, maybe it's the Stockholm Syndrome setting in. I liked this one more than some of the other. Yeah. This might be like. My second favorite of the that can't be right. That so, can't be right. Let's do this. The things let's, I okay. Let's rank. Where do you put these five? Because Bumblebee, I hate to say it, but it's almost <laughs> certainly going to be the best of the bunch. I have never seen Bumblebee. You had never seen the rest of the movies. <laughs> but we both had the hunch that Bumblebee was the best, right? Yeah, Bumblebee is a smaller budget, new director, much more small contained story. And it looks better every Here's time I've seen it. Here's what I think. I mean, yeah. and I've seen all the movies now. You haven't. Yeah. I think all these movies are like Transformers. Let's build a movie around this. Yeah. I think Bumblebee is like movie plot. Let's get Bumblebee into this. You know, I think yeah. that's the difference. Yeah, that makes sense. So how would you rank the five numbered Transformers 1 through Transformers? 5? I think Transformers 1 is still the best. One. Age of Ex... No, what are we? Last Last Night. night. Okay. The third one. Dark of the Moon. (laughs) Dark of the Moon. Because of Ken Jeong. Alone. (laughs) It's hard. The two and four are both bad. I know, I know. Okay. I think you're right. I think number two comes next. And I think number four comes last because it's the longest, right? 
It is the longest. It's what two hours and forty five minutes. Yeah, it's very long. It yeah, is, and it's solidly like three or four individual movies. Yeah, because they cut so much out. You know, this one like it's it's at least four different movies that they've cut well, into. And it's movie. kind of the same with this one. I feel like the first twenty minutes of this movie, I'm like, eh, don't even need it. I think the next like hour, I was like, I like this part of the movie. The next thirty minutes, I was like, this is good. And then the last end, I was kind of just burnt out. So, you know, it's got the pieces I liked. As a whole, it's a bit of a mess still, right? Yeah. What about you? Okay, what about you? How would you rank them? My rankings? So, I think I was I was going, I was flipping back and forth. But I think at the end of the day, if someone's like, hey, let's sit down and watch Transformers, you're not going to get a lot of people that are going to go, oh, if they're, you're just throwing on the first one. That's a good... Movie night movie, right? Sure. Because it's fine. Most people are like, it's all right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But nobody thinks it's great. Nobody thinks it's awful. It's like, it's all right. Mm -hmm. Then I think it is three. Okay. Right? Because, like I said, I think that now that I've watched it so recently, I think three is just... So many of the things that Avengers did, and it blows my mind how much the Marvel <laughs> it Cinematic is a Universe is mind blowing. Like, there's I think so, so many people many didn't watch Transformers Three. Yeah, and I think if more people had seen it and had seen it like close to some of the other big Marvel movies, yeah, yeah, there must have been at least talks of a lawsuit because they just stole they mu- they just stole assets anyway. So that is two. Then I would say five, and then. I'm going to swap them. I'm going to say four, then two. You still think two is the worst? You were just saying two I know. is the second worst. And then I was going I was going back through them in my head, and well, I think four... Remember back in two when like the whole thing is like, we got to find the Splingalorf. Like, if we find the Splingalorf, then we can activate the uh, Optimus. And if because of... Yeah, the whole thing is just like this line of logic. What are we doing here? What are we looking for? What is that? Okay, that's going to lead us to the next thing. What's the next thing? Yeah. So the thing that swapped me on it is i think four has more redeeming moments than two does and then uh-huh. if you think about the final battle of both of them yeah four <laughs> four has the tooch yeah which is redeeming it is and but yes, at the final battle it's cool because there's so much going on the autobots are fighting off the you know fake decepticons and they're doing this Last stand, which can get you in the feels if you get it all attached to what's the face, right? Yeah. And then Optimus Prime has to fist fight a dinosaur. Yeah. While the other ones are just like, yeah. And then his like friends are like, well, we're useless in this fight, so we're just going to go hide on the mountain because uh, I don't want to die, mm-hmm. which is fair, rational. That's fair. But then there's a whole thing, and they're, doing, they're having to deal with the puzzle of the... The magnet lifting them up, dropping them down, and all that. There's just so much more to it, so much more going on. It feels so much more epic as opposed to the final moments of the second one where Optimus shows up, gets an upgrade that he immediately sheds. Yeah. And he just takes out his normal gun and shoots the thing. Yeah. That's which what you do. stops the fallen. Also, he says, Give me your face. <laughs> That's his cool movie line. Come on. Mindy, can you not right now? 
Bendy can't not, okay? Bendy, you are the worst producer in the podcast thing is, history. She can't really do that on command, is the thing. Like she, she's, she doesn't have a big enough mouth to consistently find the squeaker in a toy. So when she finds it, it's like a fun surprise for her. But if I gave her that toy again, it probably won't squeak for another two days. <laughs> that's, what, that's the thing. It's a special treat. I just need Bindi to take her producer credit seriously, okay? I mean, I think she's less worried with the producer credit and more worried about, like... A squeak? She's gonna get a squeak. I mean, or, you know, does she get any treats? Did we did we put that in the producer contract, or is that a... Did we neglect that? I don't know if she ate the contract, so I can't afford to do it. <sighs> right. Well... <clears throat> I'd say she's doing a good job. She's doing a good job now that I've reminded her of her obligations. You gotta be direct. Yeah. Bindi. So have I convinced... So have I convinced you the way I convinced myself? Or are you sticking with four is the worst? Because it is aggressively long. Well, I mean, four does have uh, Kelsey Grammer, which is just interesting in itself. Shane, who can drive... <sighs> Transformer 2 is a bad movie And then not that much of a Maybe Transformers 4 is a more of a fun bad movie Maybe And that makes it Which one's the worst now? 4? You're saying 4 is the I'm worst? I'm saying 2 is the worst 2 is the worst Yeah maybe you're right Maybe you're right Yeah uh, I think... They had the sex robot thing with the tongue Yeah That like, was I think awful. Skids and Mudflat and agents are redeeming. Skids and Mugflop is so hard. It's one of those things that goes in the pro and con columns. Yeah. <laughs> it's both a good and terrible thing. Well, because like the lines of theirs that hit are so good. They are great. But the ones that just don't quite land are so, so noticeable. Painful. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh gosh. Uh, yeah. All right. I hear you. I, th- I think you've swayed me. Yeah. So, but we are, we are different, right? Because I think I said one, five... Yeah, you put three, five a second. Four, two, and I think you said one, three, five, two, four. Right? Four, two. Four, two, yeah. So, so really we differ on five versus three. That's a big that's a big topic. The thing that pushes five below three in my mind well no, that'll be a spoiler that we gotta put in that I would say and I can't. Gotta can't wait. Say it. Gotta wait. All right. Well, I basically summed up the plot for this movie in the last podcast. So let me just do it again for you real quick. Optimus Prime goes into space to find God and kill her. And boy, howdy, was I right. I was right. Okay, that's the plot. But uh, in the meantime, we got to learn more about the more history of the Transformers. And, um, you know, save the world yet again. But this time... Maybe there's an order of the knights, and maybe Mark Wahlberg can, you know, can find someone age appropriate for himself. Let's see, you know. Yeah, that's the that's the movie. Yep. In summation, that's a good summation. Thank you, thank you. I'm proud of you. So we're just we're gonna hop on into it. I think it's time. We're gonna. What? I'm trying to think, <laughs> think of a. Think about it. With that, what? How we getting there? You're sitting down in your thinking chair. Thinking chair. Think. 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 I don't know. I was hopping. Uh, 
I'll have an Optimus Prime. Oh, who, yeah. But in fact, it only turns into a truck once at the very end. We'll ride him right into Spoiler Shire. <laughs> Spoiler Shire on Dover. Oh, yeah. We, I got a little Cliss of Dover action in this here's, movie, didn't we? Here's the thing. Talk to me. I didn't mean to put a hand up to stop you. I meant no. I was doing a here. I'm ready. Here. Give it to me. We've said it before. We'll both continue, I'm sure, to have this opinion for our entire lives. Mm-hmm. British people in general, are terrible at naming things. Mm-hmm. I was looking at one of the filming locations, and it's like, yeah, they filmed it as Le- at Lichtenstein on Do- on on Yorkshire in Do- in uh, Yorkshire, England. And My like, favorite. So they filmed it in Ork- Yorkshire or whatever. That- oh yeah, they always name three like the. We should probably name the city, the county, and the. Uh, but why the is state, it right? Why why are so many of the places? place name on other place name well in this place here's my favorite thing about english names too because half the time you're like they start to say the name and they hit a point and you're like you know that sounds like a full name and they're like sure like what yeah like it'll end in in like nottingham sure like wait you can't have two endings to that word but that word that name has two endings on it like two british endings of a thing i don't get it it makes me mad every time like Leicestershire. I heard that the other day. It made me so mad. I was like, I thought Leicester was its own place. It is. But I heard them say Leicestershire. And I was like, well, that's... Leicestershire on Benson in Leicestershire. Leicestershire County, Leicestershire, uh, Shire, Ham. Yeah. I hate it. It's where they make tzatziki sauce. <laughs> that's why it's called tzatziki sauce. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Well... Can we just congratulate me for correctly saying God was a woman in the movie? Yes. Can we just give me some props? Yeah, uh, yeah. The creator lady? Yeah. Who, wait, wasn't really the creator lady? She's just the deceiver? No, she is. She but she is. is a deceiver, but she is yeah. also a creator of beings. Yeah. So, she's actually, I looked, I saw lots of facts. I don't know if you saw all the facts about, so her character is not like, a, not one pulled from. She's based on... Is it pulled from Warhammer 40k? No. That's the vibe I got. No. She doesn't have like a she's a pulled... robot army that she commands? No. She's pulled from a character in the 1984 cartoon and in the newer 2000 and something cartoon. Of Transformers? Like two separate characters combining like mm. the look of one and the character of another one. But the character that she's based on is actually from a planet called... Her name? What's her? What was her name again? Sele. I can do this. Watch me do this. Watch me do such a good job. Quintessa. Quintessa. Okay, I thought it started with an O, and I was like, "What's wrong?" So Quintessa was the name of the planet. Mm Mm-hmm. Originally. Oh. Okay. Where the and it just became her. Yeah, so they just Nate. They thought it was a cool name. I think they they show the beginning of the movie. Like one of the first things they show is Optimus Prime, Optimus Prime floating through space, all frozen. I was like, "Yeah, space is cold." <laughs> yeah, of course he would. Ju- and I thought that was just gonna be it. We're just like, "Ah, oh, just a nice cloud in space." Bummer. 
Why would you just dart out into space if you weren't prepared to not be frozen by the freezing? As I've said a million times, he was the guy who wasn't smart, brave, fast, or strong enough to be in charge. And then everybody (laughs) else died, and he's like, everybody's like, well, you're the only prime left. Like the Gerald Ford? Yeah. Of Transformers? Yeah. You're like, by default, you're, you're here in the leader's chair. Or like, uh, what is that show, uh, Battlestar Galactica, where it's the Secretary of Education is the president because she's the only government official left alive? That's fun. Yeah. I've heard that's a good show. It's all right. There's a real fun Portlandia episode about it. It's like every show that goes on for three seasons too long, and then they make three spinoff shows of it that last two seasons each. Um... And you're like, there's, I don't care. There's a Portlandia episode where they find a guy. They watch the whole series and like they didn't finish it. You know, they didn't do like the finale that it deserved or whatever. Yeah. So they find the writer, but it's really just a guy with the same name as the writer of the show. <laughs> and they go to his house and they're like, we want to write it with you. He's like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> he has no idea who the characters are or anything. And they're trying to write the show with them. It's pretty fun. Yeah. All right. Only Michael Bay's dark ages can have that level of sparks and explosions it was amazing all right we open up in the movie and it was a cool opening because it goes from like film logo then it pans up in the ceiling you're like oh there's catapults and they're shooting fiery masses boulders what do you yeah. call what do you call them i mean they're called missiles is what their missiles. name is but it's yeah it's the boulders a primitive the, missile yeah the um, flaming boulders that they throw it was pretty cool, but I was just like, no, mid, no, there's not this many explosions in middle in uh, dark ages. That's not how that works. Yeah, flaming balls certainly, but you know, this isn't China. They don't have like gunpowder yet. Yeah. Anyway, it was fun. There's knights and stuff. They're like magic. It's cool. Let me ask you a question. What did we do to deserve the tooch again? What did we do? How did we get so fortunate? Why did Michael Bay feel the need that we were so well-behaved that we got to have Stanley Tucci in two movies? Different characters. Yeah. Two Transformers movies. Like, you know, as disappointed as I was with some aspects of his character, it was all made right in the beginning of this movie when he plays Merlin. Yeah, the wizard. What does it say? (laughs) He goes, he's like, oh, just a, just a, he's like, get a drink a little more. He's like, oh. I'm a little sozzled. Yeah. <laughs> and that's honestly, that's how I pictured you when you drink. Like, that's what, that was in my mind. I like, I'm a little sozzled. Like, you're all silly and using silly words like sozzled. And you're like, I'll take a little nip. And you drink like half the bottle. Uh, uh. I mean, you're not wrong. It would, I don't know if I'd use the word sozzled, but I'd be like, oh man, dude, like, I'm so drunk. Up in like a, a bottle yeah. of a fireball. <laughs> like, just empty half of it. Yeah, uh, it's exactly what I was like. Thinking. The guy popped up, and I was like, this Merlin guy's pretty cool. Oh, I like this guy. I was like, is that Stanley Tucci? No, it can't be. I even wrote him down as Tucci Merlin because I didn't know who the actor was. It's just, it's Stanley Tucci, and, you know, it mm-hmm. warmed my heart. Yeah. Made me happy. Yeah. And he makes friends with the Transformer, and that Transformer's like, all right, here's a staff. You can have a Transformer dragon. Let me ask you a question. Transformers. They scan beings and things in the earth, and they take that shape so they can blend in. 
Right. So there are real dragons. I don't that's know. What this, that's what it posits. It's saying they've scanned a dragon with three heads, and that's what they've become. So right? I found... Let me see if I actually copied over the the uh, the fun fact, you know? I didn't, like a fool. Because <laughs> it was uh, one that I think I didn't want to read the whole thing of. But, so I found that those Transformers are a different kind of Transformer. They're ancient Transformers. Mm-hmm. Called... Predabots or something okay. like that. Here's what I didn't know. Cody, you brought up Beast Wars. That's a Transformers property. I didn't know that. That's what I've been saying this whole time. I thought they were separate no. transforming things. It's literally Transformers, but if you were all beasts instead of cars and stuff. So that's what these guys are. They're that that's a different kind of transformer. Okay, so there are real dragons? That's still my question. I don't know. <laughs> Beast Wars was a great show. Yeah, no, I had, I had the cheetah one, and it has the little Autobot symbol. Yeah. Still has, like, an Autobot brand in its cheetah fur, and yeah. uh, transforms. Yeah. Imagine being out in the wild. You're, like, hunting in the savannah or something, and you're like, oh, yeah, look at all these animals. Why does that gazelle have a tattoo of, like, a robot face? You know? Yeah. Dead giveaway. I mean, it's dead, a dead giveaway. giveaway. The fact that it's probably... Seven feet tall and metal. Also, a good I mean, it is confusing. What I remember the show. I mean, granted, we're going, we're turning the clock back like twenty years. What I remember the show. It's like a very years. cheaply made CG, you know, like three D animation show, like early three D animation. It's for TV, so it's even cheaper. And they're just, you know, it's like I'm a rhino, you're a cheetah. This guy's an elephant. We transform. We're robots. There's not like of elephants running around it's just like just the transformers and they're all animals but there aren't other animals around that's what i remember but i mean it's been a while yeah 24 a, years ago. maybe we should watch beast wars next maybe break into tv a little bit yeah. hey look beast wars is a popular show i think there are a lot of people i think the beast heads out there are gonna, gonna be hungry for this content Doing you this, the Beastie Boys, let's call Beast. them. Let's just make up a name for them. Totally original nickname for fans of Beast Wars. Beastie Boys. Right. That sounds right. Yeah. Beastie Boys would love to hear our take on it. Yeah. If you're a Beastie Boy, tweet me at Opinion Havers. John Turturro's back. What's that about? How are they just going to ignore Turturro and the guy who plays Sergeant Lennox in the last movie? They're like cutting ties with everyone from the previous movies and then they're like you know what that kind of sucked when no one from the previous movies was in this <sighs> Turturro Lennox you're back in it that was random was that not super random it was super random and then he, I say Lennox is more random than Turturro yeah but then like Len- <laughs> so here's the thing about Turturro he's just in Cuba chilling doing his like conspiracy theory thing and they're like the war is everywhere <clears throat> everyone hates Transformers and it's crazy. Except for Cuba, they're pretty chill. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just Transformers playing volleyball with John Turturro. Yeah. That's what Cuba's all about. Yeah. I thought Turturro's whole thing was like just like a throwaway gag that they could have put, like, not left out of the movie. Yeah. Because it even goes to like. Later in the movie, he's like, I've got some important information for you, Anthony Hopkins, and 
but like, let me into the order and then I'll tell you. And he finally lets him in the order. He tells him the info. He's like, all right, I'm going to go play volleyball again. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so random. Yeah. Were you happy to see him back or what? Yes. I'm always happy to see him. Can they, like... Can Michael Bay just leave Chicago alone? I felt every movie, something even worse happens to Chicago. Like, at first there was the battle in the third one. Was it? Yeah, the third one. Yeah. Terrible battle in Chicago. And it's just like, oh, no, it's so bad. Then the second one, they're like, look at all this cleanup they're trying to do. Oh, no, more Transformers are in there. That sucks. And then this one, they're like, oh, it's an absolute, like, Terminator wasteland of robots in Chicago now. Like, poor Chicago. What did they ever do to Michael Bay? What did they do? I probably called him a Nazi, you know? <laughs> As a city. Here's, Damn. I don't know much about Chicago. All I know, there's a website that tracks the crime rate and the murder statistics, yeah. and a lot of people are super into it. And they watch it like, uh, like the sports scores. Yeah. Here's what I know about Chicago. It's called the Windy City because of its politics. Because it's a swing state, it's a swing city. Yeah. It's very turbulent. And they have a big old bean. Big old yeah. silver bean. Make a chrome bean. It's a transformer. A downtown chrome bean. Alright? It Who else a has transformer. A New York <laughs> Stop. New York is like, well, Wall Street, let's have a big old a big old bull statue, you know? Yeah. And then Chicago's like, bean. Are you guys famous for beans? No. That's Boston. We've got a bean. <laughs> I don't know. Why do they have a bean? Because it's a sculpture by a famous artist that's supposed to be something. It's a bean. But it's chrome. It's not even like... Most sculptures are like, oh, it's bronze or whatever. It is fully reflective. You yeah. can see your reflection warped because it's a bean shape. I think that's why it's art. I've never understood it. I've looked up things that have explained it and like said this is what the artist was trying to go for because it's like an engineering like an artist who's also like an architect or something like that yeah and he designed it it's supposed to be all this and that none of it makes sense everyone knows it as the bean i mean that's a bean as you said it's a giant chrome bean all right now here's the thing that you didn't get from my fun opening there's three children who are like chicago's a wasteland Let's go into there. Yeah. And they're running around, having a good time. He's like, I'm going to get a souvenir. The, one of the little boys has a shirt that says, Basketball is my girlfriend. That's fun. Bet yeah. you forgot about that storyline, didn't you? The little kids? You forgot about the three little kids running around in Chicago. I didn't forget about them. I just assumed they died. <laughs> and then that's when we meet, that's when we meet a spunky Latina girl. And with, squeaks. And Squish? Nah, it squeaks. Here's the thing. My notes say squish. Well, we did. But then the other time, I called them squeaks. Squeaks. And honestly, I wish it was squish a little bit. Which wouldn't make sense for a robot because he's hard metal. Um, (laughs) Squeaks. Here's the thing. Squeaks and the girl. They did not need to like the Chicago scene with the three kids. Them finding. The girl, them being like, you got a boyfriend, and then Squeaks being there. That didn't need to be in the movie at all. Because it's also not in the entire middle of the movie. She's kind of just gone because Mark Wahlberg has to go and find true love. And the staff. Yeah. 
This is where it comes down to the you know the room full of 138 writers. Yeah. One of them's like, here's what we should do to make this movie good. <laughs> Bring it back to what people liked about the show, where it's just kids and Transformers, and it's the kids are the sidekicks. And someone's like, awesome. And then Michael Bay's like, yeah, I love it. So when does Marky Mark show up? <laughs> and then they're like, oh, I guess he shows up and saves her. But then he's got to go on this thing that he's not going to take her with him. Cool. She's just going to chill at the junkyard. Well, that's the other thing. And then Michael Bay fired five I, people. Here's what I think happened. Dude. I what? think they're like, the original one's about a high school kid, right? We got to go with, we got to, you know, it's about the youth. And those are the people that are going to watch the movie. We got to get more youth people in there. I'm like, right. Yeah. But Marky Mark's our star. And he's either, he's either 35 or 57. I'm like, right. So we'll balance it out and have like a 13-year-old girl. 14. And then that'll even out to like either 25 or 32 years of age yeah which is only like 12 years older than it's supposed to be for the target audience right that's what i think happened it was like lord of the flies but robots i didn't yeah. like it too many children in very dangerous situations in the military's like all right kill every robot canopy they were like canopy's here look he's the he's the little girl's friend don't you like that he's dead yeah I didn't need it. I mean, Mark Wahlberg came in and his hair was longer, so you something. liked it. There was another tire punch in this. I think Bumblebee. Yeah. Bumblebee. Well, when he was reassembling. He reassembles and he hits someone in the face with his tire. So, I mean, it's like, you got to bring back the tire punch. So, the tire acts as his ankle. So, when it happened, I was like, well, it's more like a kick. And then I said that, and as I finished the word kick, he kicks a dude in the head. Yeah. And I think... What did I say? I was like, well, he's dead now. Yeah. And then he kicked another guy. And then he kicked another guy. And then he punched another. And I'm like, Every, all these people are dead. Oh, Their yeah. internal organs are liquid. We're used to Transformers fighting other big metal Transformers, not hitting, you know, kicking a dude in the face who's flesh and bones. Yeah. Bumblebee is a big Transformer. He's not as big as Optimus. He's Optimus's childhood friend or something. It's and they very almost, unclear. They almost... Dis- yeah, at one point they kind of hint that like, you're having problems with your parenting? I had problems with Bumblebee. You're like, you're his parent? And then he's like, no, I think he was just like a teenager. He's younger, so... Well, but I mean, then even I, I don't in the 84 clear. show, it's always been like, they've, been fr- they've known each other the longest, longest since they were young, wee Transformer babies. But Bumblebee is younger than Prime. Yeah. But it's also like Prime's basically like a royal right. from their culture. Bumblebee's yeah. just a dude. Just a dude. It's like the Prince and the Popper, except they never switch places and it's nothing like Prince and the Popper. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Lennox is back. As soon as um Did you notice Bumblebee is back to his old style, by the way? Because they switched him oh, yeah. to be more tactical. Right. Tactical, as they call it, <laughs> in the in the fourth one, and uh, then everybody was like, "I hate it," and they're like, "Cool, we're back to the old one where his doors are like little wings because yeah. he's supposed he's to be like bumblebee." bumblebee. Oh, I missed the '67 Matt Black Bumblebee. That was still. He didn't do that. They didn't do the gag where he was a cool car and then he switched to a less cool car. So I guess that's something. But he was like the. He started out. He was as like the newest. newer car from the last one, basically, like kind of. 
model. Well, he, he was the newest Camaro at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So it was a slight body style change. Camaro, it's like, if you can't build a car better than the 1967 Camaro, why make him be the new one? Let him be the 67 Camaro. Yeah. I'd say just make him be a VW bus the whole time. Okay, what about VW bug? Would you go for that? It makes too much sense. Well, then you're going to love Bumblebee. It's so yeah. good. It's going to be so bad, though. All right. Uh, Quintana, is that her name? Cortana. <laughs> Cortana. Quintessa. Quintessa. <laughs> um, as soon as I heard her voice, I was like, I'm so right all the time. I was so happy that it was a woman. That was great. And then she's like, Optimus, you're supposed to serve me. Remember, zap, zap, zap. And he's like, cool, I'll do whatever you want. Yeah. I didn't quite understand. She was like, no, you should have been helping me out because I'm going to save your planet because you shouldn't have been saving Earth because we're saving the planet. Your planet. Cybertron. I didn't quite understand her pitch. I well, understand her, she deceived him. Her pitch was she mind controlled him. Okay, cool. Cool. Brainwashed him. Remember when Tom Kenny's robot was back for two seconds? Remember that? I don't remember it, but up. I remember. But didn't, like, the grumbly yeah. one, his like he wasn't in it, was he? Was it just Tom Kenny's? Yeah, Brains wasn't. They big. just keep, like, they're a duo. You made them a dyad, and then now you've separated <laughs> them for the last two movies. Oh, <laughs> uh, can we go an episode without saying the word dyad? No. I hope not. It's a, you know, it's a, it's an excellent word. We yeah. going Star Wars next or what? Because I'm ready. My body's ready. I mean, we have talked about that was going to be the series to offset the badness of the Transformers series. Yeah. yeah. Steve Buscemi's in this. What's that about? Okay. So one of my fun facts that I had found was that he was... Was it he was the one that uh, Michael Bay initially wanted to play Simmons? Uh, yeah, that would work. I like I like Buscemi. I like the Bush. I like the Bush. Yeah. So that character was written for Buscemi. That's fun. What was Michael Bay has too trailer? much control of this movie? Can we agree with that? Can yeah. we agree to that? Yeah. But he's not like a writer, and so the story part never. You know, because a writer director, he's like. I've got all the control because I, I have a vision for the story. I have a vision for the movie. Yeah. But he like, he's like, I have a vision for the special effects, but also we're going to do whatever else I want. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, he is a VFX intern that somebody's like, you're the director now. And he's like, okay, this is what we're doing. All of you are fired. We're hiring new people. Yeah. He is a producer on Bumblebee and consultant. Oh, yeah. And involved. Which I don't believe because there's far too few explosions for it to really be a Michael Bay joint. It's very strange that when there's a movie that you're like, oh, gosh, he he was the director of that. And there wasn't a ton of explosions. And you're like, how? Yeah. I mean, did they find they did cool it on like the lens flare on the last movie or two, didn't especially this one. Right. I didn't notice a lot of it. Whereas the first yeah. two movies, it was like, everyone's tan, we're shooting, it's dusky tan, and look, there's the sun, and look at it shine. A lot of tilted and panning slowly oh, around yeah. while there's a lens flare. Yeah. I didn't notice that as much in this one, did you? I didn't, yeah. It wasn't hardly any lens Which I think flare. is an improvement. Yeah, I mean... I you think know, you can do it for one movie, but I think by the time they did it three movies in a row, I was like, yeah, no, let's... Next I thing. constantly forget. Have you seen any of the new Star Trek movies? Just the first one. First one. That movie, that's what set everybody off. 
That's where everybody's like, lens flare is the future. Yeah. Because it was constant lens flare. And granted, J.J. Abrams did a lot of work to make the lens flare work, apparently. Like, uh-huh. it wasn't... It's not as easy. It's just shining a laser pointer into the, into the lens. Also, you know what I'm from my film training, I've heard it's very bad for the camera. Well, that's why I think into... he had to do a thing where it wasn't bad for the camera. Yeah. Or it wouldn't destroy the cameras. Here's the thing, Cody. What's Speaking up? of cameras. Talk to me. I have a fun fact. Oh, I'm glad you got some fun facts because fun fact. there were some terrible fun facts for this movie. Nine out of ten fun facts were, did you know this is this person's last movie? Did you movie? know Michael Bay directed this? But he doesn't direct the next one? <laughs> like, stop yeah. it. Some of them said Nobody it was knows. rumored to be did you know the Mark Warburg was, was, he was signed a contract for three movies, but it's, it's, uh, it's just this one. Yeah, they signed a contract for three, but he could leave after two. Mike, so he signed a contract for two movies. That's what happened. Anyway, I'm just going to read you this whole fact. Yeah. You prepare yourself. This movie was shot on a variety of formats, <laughs> including 16 millimeter film. What? Red cameras. No. What is that? <laughs> red, do you not know what red cameras are? It's a brand. They're R-E-D? super. Yeah. Super expensive cameras. They're very nice. Executive producer and director Michael Bay's custom 8K camera called the Bayhem. I... None of the rest of this matters. It talks about... If I could fight Michael Bay, I think I would. (laughs) The Bayhem. He told someone to make him a custom 8K camera. And he named it the Bayhem. And then it goes on. It's GoPro's... Uh, the Ari Alexa IMAX cameras, whatever. Uh, I don't need look. I don't yeah. need to know what kind of cameras this movie was shot on. What I need to know is where is Mark Wahlberg's daughter and who is she dating? And these people okay. are cowards for not showing her on screen and not answering that question for me. They made such a big deal about she can't date, can't date to graduate. Who are you gonna date? Shane? He drives. What's his deal? What's that about? Is he Irish? Is he Australian? Is he American? Is he all three? Oh my goodness, I guess he's I guess he's an alright dude. And then this movie, nothing. Radio silence. She's like, Hey, I know you can't talk, but I'm gonna leave this message. Uh, you know? Yeah. What you alright? You good? You gonna date someone? Anyway. I hated it. I here's why I hated about her thing. Talk to me. They've done this several times where he can call her, she picks up. He can't say anything. She can just talk to him. And apparently, she says the same thing every time. Where it's just her berating him for not turning himself into the people who will probably kill him in the desert. All right? Instead, if if you could only say something maybe once every few months, like you got 20 seconds to say something to your father once every, like, six months would you be like what are you doing man you're an idiot why you're ruining everyone's life turn yourself in i'm fine bye or would you like no here's what i would be like i'd be like shane got dropped by red bull but he got picked up by rockstar you know i give him those kind of updates yeah update him update him on your life here's the thing cody let me read you this part and you tell me what it's talking about because i'm interested i know you noticed okay okay <clears throat> Unfortunately, this happened to be one of the biggest complaints uh, with the movie amongst audiences, as they found the constant back and forth 
uh, Switchy to be quite jarring. I don't know, man. It was it switching between three different aspect ratios. <laughs> it happened every scene, or like every camera switch in the opening at least. Oh, I may have noticed it literally on like one shot. It is constant, and it's like, oh gosh, stop. See, now that I know it's there, I bet if I watched it, it would drive me crazy. It drove me nuts in the opening, and then I kind of dead into to it a little bit, but it was like, hurt my eyeballs. Because it was switching between like the 1.90 by 1, <laughs> 2 by 1, and 2.28 by 1. I don't know. I don't know what Bayhem is doing out here. It's just... The Bayhem is... Bedlam, you know? Here, the Bayhem... The... It... Bedlam. Bedlam. The Bayhem is consistent. It is powerful. It is sexy. It is sex, (laughs) Cody. Michael Bay doesn't have sex. He doesn't know how. (laughs) The Bayhem does it for him. He doesn't transform into Bayhem to do sex. That's what it is. The Bayhem is Michael Bay. He is a transformer. (laughs) Uh, um, speaking of sex, there are some little dino transformers, and yeah. you tell me who had sex to make those. Someone tell me how transformers are made, because it's not just the AllSpark zapping a vending machine, alright? There are tiny dinosaurs, so I know the big dinosaur ones from the last movie that are also in this movie did something with someone to make them. You tell me how it works right now, because Michael Bay didn't. Look. Cody, do you thought the how do how do orcs in Lord of the Rings reproduce was a deep hole? <laughs> I'm not even gonna try to go down the rabbit hole that is how do Transformers reproduce? Because I know I'm gonna see things and read things that I just cannot wipe from my mind. Here's another fact you won't be able to wipe from your mind: the Latina girl, friend of Squeaks. That's Dora the Explorer. Oh, I know. From the live-action movie. I didn't put those pieces together. That's Dora. Yeah. That blew my mind. Here's what will blow you. Did you see the Dora the Explorer movie? <laughs> Obviously. I just saw it was a scene like of it once. That I was The like, Uncharted movie, but yeah. for Dora the Explorer. Yeah. It wasn't good, but it was fine. Here's the thing. Michael Pena... The the twelve minutes he's in it, pretty fun. Yeah. The other eighty minutes are fine. You know, it's all right. I just I saw I remember seeing like a promo scene of it. You know where they did a little trailer, where I was like, are they? Are they trying to sexualize Dora <clears throat> as a <clears throat> child? She is a child. She's still a child in live action. That's not true. She is now 19 years old. When they shot Dora, she was 18 or 17, and she was playing a 14-year-old. Exactly. That's know, what I'm saying. A 14-year-old. I don't know. I think they were... Tr- the problem is they tried to stay too true to her original... Con- like, they took the clothes of a 5-year-old and were like, this short 14-year-olds can pull off these clothes, right? Anyway, so did you know, Cody? What's that? Mark Wahlberg has smuckers in his freezer? Yeah. Lunch, uh, what are they called? Uncrustables? He says something about smuckers or uncrustables in the freezer. You're telling me Mark Wahlberg has uncrustables? 
Have you ever that boy? Okay, that boy is so big and strong. You know he's eating his crust first of all. So how would he have an uncrusted sandwich? First off, Mark Wahlberg has not had a carb in eight years. Okay, <laughs> how dare you? Uh, excuse me. Do you not remember the Bud Light that he drank after he smashed it off that guy's door in the that last movie? That was all foam, and it all dribbled out of his mouth. Okay. <laughs> Did you know? The original cut of this movie supposedly was much longer, and roughly a whole hour's worth of footage was cut for theatrical release. The initial, here you go, the movie's finished, that Michael Bay and the Bayhem as a team presented was possibly up to an hour longer. I know I watched the extended version of Midsummer. I would never watch the extended version of this movie. That would be awful. Only if some of the effects weren't quite done. Here's the thing. If they did a supercut of just the extended parts, smashed, smushed unceremoniously together into an hour of footage, <laughs> I would watch that. But I'm not going back to the whole movie. So here's the thing. What if it's not a bunch of random scenes? It's just like a middle section that's an hour long that has nothing to do with the rest of it that they just chopped Oh, out. you know it's like a 40-minute extra of Dora the Explorer scenes. And then 20 minutes of, of John Turturro getting into trouble in Cuba, right? <laughs> Those are the, that's what the hour makes, is made up of? Okay, um, here's what I noticed about this movie as well. Transformers. Right. The shiny ones don't look good. So some of the Transformers are, like, dirtier and, like, more dulled. Right. And those ones look pretty good. But the ones that are super shiny, like the green samurai one... I love him. Looks out of place because he's so shiny and clean. He's the best. So it's like the not shiny robots look in they they look at home in the world. Like, oh, they're supposed to be there. But the shiny ones are like, yeah, this was added in later. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Speaking of the shiny ones. Alright. Hot Rod. There's so much about his character. Oh, I thought we were talking about the classic uh Adam uh Sandberg movie. Oh, no, no. Okay. Talking about the Transformer. Ot Rod. Ot Rod. Rod. Which a British person is like, It's like, you are British. He is saying something with a French accent. If there is any country in the world that is not France that you should be able to be like, I get what you're saying. I feel like it's Britain. Oh, yeah. They're neighbors. She was literally... There are lots of words in English that are French words. Because the French conquered England, Cody. Yeah, they did. Several and times. And vice versa. Yeah. Back. But there's no forth, English words back, in forth. French. Because the French suck. Anyway. So, here's the thing. First thing, I hated that. That she's like, I can't, I can't understand what you're saying. Like She's like a PhD having person who's like, lived. You are the master of histories. 100 which is miles like, away from France her whole life. Okay, she's supposed to be the master of histories, which is not just a history professor. It's like the head of the histories department yeah. at Oxford, which is probably, unless you went to Cambridge, the most prestigious academic achievement that you could ever have. Yeah. And very unrealistic for a 20-something-year-old woman to have. Because one, We're it's her never going to be a woman. We're giving her 20-something? Get out of here. You're too kind. You're too kind. 17-year-old woman. You're a little schmoozer. You're a little flirt. Here's the thing, Cody. What's up? Every, as I grow older, girls that look slightly older than me, like maybe up to 10 years older at most, are still 20-somethings. 
Yeah. Give this. Don't. Don't let me slip into oldness, okay, Cody? They're always going to be... Tw- I'm going to be 70 and be like, see that 80-year-old lady over there? She's probably 20-something. Yeah. Anyway. She's not as old as I thought she was. She's... You're doing the math right? math right? 35 now. There you go. She would have been like 32 then. You weren't that far off. You weren't that far off, Cody. That's what I'm saying. Maybe it's because she was into Mark Wahlberg that I assume she was a little older. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, you know... She's sure you didn't know. understand hot rod. She couldn't understand hot rod. That's not what I'm talking about though. Right now, what I'm talking about is Cody. If I were to ask you, why does hot rod have a French accent? Give me the movie reason first. The movie reason? Um, it's because he landed in France, and that's where his voice box learned language from. Was from a French robot. Yeah, he was in France. That's his voice box comes from the culture. He was in France, so he's gonna learn French. And he can speak English, but it's going to be a French accent because that's how it works. We learned that from the jazz one. We learned that from the racist ones. That's just how it works. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins explained it as he just likes the French accent, to which Hot Rod turns and says, I can't get rid of it. It's the worst. I hate it. He's like, he's just being dramatic. He likes it, which I think is funny that that he's like. No, I just can't get rid of the French accent. And it's like, mm-hmm. he just does it because he likes it. Oh, yeah. The real reason, what is the real reason in real life why that character has a French accent? Because the actor is French. You'd be wrong, Cody. Because Michael Bay had the idea that the French voice actor would have a French accent. You I don't think just like his ideas. <laughs> You think just because somebody else made the decision to cast a Frenchman to voice a character and the guy did have a French accent and probably could not not do a French accent without extensive... Michael Bay... And then Michael Bay had the idea, let's just have the French guy do a French accent. Cast a Frenchman. And they're like, we already did. And he's like, my ideas are amazing. I hate (laughs) Michael Bay. The fact that he took credit for the guy's accent. When the guy is from Paris. Hey, we know he can mess up an accent, though. We established that in the last movie, all right? He can cause some confusion. He can make someone forget their native speaking voice. Now, the guy, the voice actor, he did ham up his accent. He went, so the he's French from guy? Paris. Yeah. So it's very specifically, he does a Parisian accent. Yeah. Which he goes, like... 800% more than he actually has. Oh, yeah. His accent in real life is not that thick. Okay. But the point is, he was French. He had a French accent. Yeah, he, yeah. Him and the casting people thought it was fine. And then Michael Bay, in an interview, said it was his idea. I don't know, man. I can't excuse any of his behavior. Here's nothing I can't excuse. Hey. Remember last movie when Megatron is reborn as Galvatron? Yeah. Cut to the movie after it. Just Megatron again. By the way, doesn't look like a Megatron anymore. What oh, happened? He got How, they went all on a Megatron. Yeah. They're like, no, he's going to be a villain in every single movie. Yeah. And I feel like after movie two, he completely lost his identity. He's just like there to be there. They're going to mold him into whatever they feel like. Last movie, they threw him in for like 10 minutes. They were like, oh, yeah, you're in here. You're Galvatron. He also didn't need to be because there was a whole other bad guy. 
Yeah. That was the main bad guy. And the same in this one. There's a whole other bad guy that's the main bad guy. He's just kind of here. Like, he went from being the lord of the Decepticons and an evil ruler overlord to the lackey for the other bigger, badder guy out there. Yeah. I just feel bad for Megatron. I'm not even... Like, if I rewatch the first movie, it'd be like, pushover, wimp. Yeah. There's a fun fact mm-hmm. for you, Cody. Yeah. Uh, the... Mm-hmm. Lockdown. Who you were like? Is that Hugo Weaving or something? Because his face looks. Yeah. Like he originally voiced Megatron, and they got recast. What? Yeah. I think maybe in the first one or something, it was Hugo Weaving voiced him. Wow. That's cool. So he was in the Transformers movies, but not as the person you thought he was, even a little bit. Man. Um. There were honestly there were a few decent one-liners in this movie, a few good jibs and jabs. Yeah. Maybe my favorite, they're having their little skirmish with the Decepticons. They're trying to get away from the junkyard and the town. They're buried with the explosives. They're like squeaks. They tattoo a Decepticon logo onto him, and they roll him out to the Decepticons. And he's like, look, I got a little Decepticon. He's so cute. They're, they're at the point they abandon. They're like, leave squeaks. He's a survivor. <laughs> Just. Which, I don't know, was Squeaks going out there part of the plan? Or was he just like, I don't know what's happening. Well, Dora, Dora the Explorer was like, here, Squeaks, here's a Decepticon tattoo. We are a part of this. Where, like, Mark Wahlberg the whole time was like, you cannot be a part of this. You're going to die. Yeah. Well, How did you feel about... I, he had, squeaks. He's a survivor. Wasn't that said by the Vice President of Worldwide Operations? I believe, yeah, the... Yeah, the intern who's the the vice president of, yeah, no. When he's that like, was funny. He's like, "Don't take this title from me." Yeah, he's like, "You hired me as the vice." Wait, president. am I not part owner? Like, don't take this title from me. <laughs> he's like, "That was all a lie." Don't take this. From me. Oh, what about the little drone robots who look just like tie bombers from Star Wars? Yeah, what's that? I mean, look, we're talking about Avengers ripping things off. Star Wars happened. Many years before this movie came this out. This is why I think there was talks of a lawsuit, and they are like, so we can just take your designs to Disney. Like, if we get into this fight, the f- comes down to we might take some similar designs, but they took assets from yeah. Transformers. So I think they have full reign to just use anything Disney in their movies. I guess so. They got the collateral. Um, What did... Mark Wahlberg said something about leprechauns being offensive, calling someone a leprechaun. But didn't he do that to the guy in the last movie, or was it just a Lucky Charms comment? No, he he called him a leprechaun because so. that's how he learned that it's offensive. All right, I have a note. I need you to tell me what it means. Okay. When did B I E B L E B L U meet Hopkins? Blue, blue, belly, B-A? B-L- I don't know. There's a B. It's definitely a B. It might be a U or an I, and then maybe an E. When did Boo? B. Bumblebee. When did Boo? When did Bumblebee meet Anthony Hopkins? Like, I know you, Bumblebee. World War II. We met. Oh, yeah, because they, they come back to it later. I wrote yeah. this note before they yeah. looped Which back. Because show... he just kind of says it. He's like, B, we know each other. B's like, I don't know who that guy is. Bumblebee... Here's the fun thing, is that they show these guys and be like, this old Transformer, he's going crazy. He thinks it's still World War One, And then it's like, Optimus Prime shows up and it's like, how old are you? Uh, a few thousand. It's like, 
How old is World War One robot then? Don't know. I don't know. I don't understand the aging of robots and how that works in this universe. Yeah. Um. Here's, I think, the main reason why this movie. I was so fond of this movie. The highs, you know, it's all. I, like I said, it's all about the highs of the movie. What are the high points and the things you liked about it? Anthony Hopkins is a revelation. I know everyone likes Anthony Hopkins. He's an amazing actor. We've done some of his movies before. We all know he's wonderful and great. I mean, The Two Popes. I mean, Silence of the Lambs. He can't be beat. All right, he's the man. Yeah. But uh, as a comedic performance, so he good. is delightful. Because he doesn't have to really do anything funny. He just has to say the stuff that Mark Wahlberg would normally say. <sighs> it is so ridiculous to hear those come out of Anthony it's Hopkins. so good. Well, I like, too, that they really leaned into him being, like, an old guy that talks too much, you know, and overshares, but he's so sweet and, like, is, like, a B.A. dude, right? He's here. He's one of the Witwickens, which is a whole thing. So the Witwickies are really Witwickens. Witwickens is an order of the... goes back to, like, Knights of the Round Table and the Secret Order of the Transformers. Anyway, Anthony Hopkins is involved with that. And he's delightful. He's always like, oh, yeah, what about this? And uh, let me explain. I guess that would make sense if this thing's like, don't you... Sp- you talk way too much. You're like, oh, I suppose, I suppose I do go on at times. Anyway, this is my crazy robot. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. I am into this. He says the word dude. He does. He also says the word, if you need to bleep me, bleep me, bitchin'. Oh, Anthony Hawkins. <laughs> it's so good. He uses both of those words in the same scene. He yeah. flips the bird to someone, which makes <laughs> no sense because he's British. They have a different bird that they flip. I think yeah. now it's more common to do the American bird, but they have a different one. They have a different obscene well, gesture. This is what I... I've, I think a fun fact about that, because this is what I've gathered from enjoying lots of British comedians and comedy and uh, just shows in general, that the American bird is like a step down from theirs. Hmm. So it's like theirs is the bad one, and then theirs is like a milder it's version. It's also like, a milder version. I had a roommate from England, and he thought it was so funny we did that, so he just flipped us off all the time. Yeah. It's like, this is silly. <laughs> He's always flipping us off. He thought it was fun. He also really liked that uh, there's refillable soda in the United States. Blew his mind. Anyway, he lives here now. He married an American girl. <gasps> Just to move here. How dare he? Hey. Probably doesn't even care about that woman. How dare you? Her name is something and uh, they're in love. Okay. Probably. No, no. Here's the thing about this movie. If you had told me at the beginning of this movie that Optimus Prime was not the last night, but Marky Mark was the last night, I would not have watched this movie or agreed to watch this series. I was furious. I was so mad. Can I tell I'm going to be honest with you. Mark. No, let me just say it. Spell it out for everyone here. Mark Wahlberg is the last night. This is the best kept secret by a people Bostonian man from Texas, who is a genius <laughs> inventor, is the last night. Yeah, this is the best kept secret of the Transformers franchise because <laughs> nobody who hasn't seen the movie goes into it knowing that fact. Oh, okay, so it gets everybody because <laughs> nobody's gonna drop that. Oh, by the way, 
Optimus Prime is not the last night. Yeah. Here's my other tagline. To the, here's the thing. I think the title of this movie should not have been Transformers Last Night, as much fun as it is to make Cody mad when you reveal that Mark Wahlberg is the last night. It should have been Transformers, because Optimus? Because <laughs> that's what it's become. The series, like, it's not about Shia LaBeouf. It's not about Bumblebee. You know, what's Optimus up to, and how can he be the linchpin of it all? It gets oh, by the fifth movie, you're like, ah, oh, whatever. You didn't even shout Optimus this time, you know? He never shouts Optimus. Optimus! You know, that's why I watch these movies, and uh, whatever, you know? Did you see one of the fun facts was that uh, Shia LaBeouf and Marky Mark's daughter, whatever her name is, they do appear, but as pictures... Shia LaBeouf. Okay, that was fun. When they, okay, so Anthony Hopkins is like, look at our order, look at all the people. And he names, this bothered me, every single historical figure. <laughs> I was like, okay, you can do a national treasure and be like, oh, the founding fathers, they were actually part of the Masons and this and that. And it goes back to this and look at all these fun seekers hidden in Washington, D.C. In this movie, he's like, oh, yeah, Abraham Lincoln. Harriet Tubman, Shakespeare, Da Vinci, Ming, uh, Christopher Columbus. He just names every single historical figure. I was like, this is ridiculous. How are these all? You're telling me Harriet Tubman is connected to the Knights of the Round Table? Come on. Well, no, I mean, it's more connected to Transformers. No, no. Yes. Harriet Tubman. She was a Transformer. (laughs) Okay. You didn't. You, if what Michael you Bay is going to come back and direct a sixth movie, I would be okay if it was about Harry Tubman as a Transformer. What you missed was a couple of the names. So like, it'll go to like uh, a random dude, you know, like the Wright brothers with a Transformer in the picture with the Wright brothers. But a couple of them, there wasn't a human in the picture. It was just a Transformer. <laughs> so, which begs the question was, are were they some of these, they're just Transformers? Oh. Uh, well, and then to to bring, to circle the background, Shia LaBeouf is Sam Witwicky, which is crazy hair. It's just like a random portrait yeah. <laughs> in the which, room. It's like, yeah, this is fun. That was his uh, his eBay profile picture oh, in the first Oh, I forgot. And so. Uh, ladies Man 217 or whatever. Yeah. Oh, man. So, do, here's the thing. Focus for a second on how psychotic Michael Bay is. So I'm sure you noticed Stonehenge is in the movie. Yeah, there's a henge. It is Stonehenge. Michael Bay blew up a Stonehenge. He wanted to blow up the, the real Stonehenge. <laughs> and they said no. And he got mad. He was like, built what? His own. You, they let me into Jordan? I gotta go in there. <laughs> you telling me I can't blow up Stonehenge? They tell, He was like, can we film around it? And they were like, sure, you can film around it. He's like, alright, now we need to do an explosion over here. And they are like, no. You cannot blow up one of the oldest historical sites on the planet. Why would you want to do it on the real thing? <laughs> like, Michael Bay is a crazy person. He's a madman. He's a crazy person. No sane person wants to blow up Stonehenge. (laughs) Is he like anti-Wiccan or something? Like, is he like mad about like the pagan people that that's part of their religion? Probably. That's a whole thing. They probably crossed him. Also, they specify that the pyramid that gets raked by the Cybertron. Oh yeah, that's the same one as in the second movie. I'm like. There's three 
pyramids there. Why did you have to specify that there's it's also the same one? Plenty of pyramids. You know, there's a lot of famous pyramids. I mean, like, why guess why why I don't know, man. why specify it's the same? Well, I did like that too because the scene before was like Chicago, and then we totally changed gears. We're in Egypt, but it doesn't say Egypt, and you're like, well, why? Why are you gonna point out that where that one is, and then not say where the next one is? Also, if you're gonna do like rake it or something, have it show like show bits of machinery also in with the thing. You know, be like, oh, oh yeah, remember this thing? There's bits of it left. They just repaired the pyramid. Or That's something. the other thing with this movie. So the plot is you got to find the staff because the staff will help you win the thing, and then Quintessa is coming and she's gonna suck the energy from Earth into Cybertron and save Cybertron and be lord over Cybertron. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? (laughs) So the staff is how she creates stuff or how she operates the engine. Now I know. But also there's horns coming out of the Earth and they're gonna do battle. The Earth with Cybertron. So here's a fun fact. So the Earth is Unicron. Cody, what's Unicron? Unicorn. Rearranged. Unicron is the ultimate bad guy of the Transformers universe. What? Also known as Earth, the planet that they're constantly defending. So, do you know Galactus from the Marvel Universe, who's like yeah, the biggest bad that has ever existed? Planet he eater? consumes planets. Nom, 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 nom. That's Unicron. A little confi planet, you know? So... Braised Quintess is like, I want to kill Unicron and bring Cybertron back to life. The good guys are like, we'll kill you. She wants to kill the ultimate evil thing in the universe. And That's like, the thing. Of, we'll okay. kill you, Quintessa. It's like, to your point, you know, you always bring up, you know, Autobots and Decepticons are just political factions. Yeah. They don't know what they're doing. They're just like, there's a fight. I'm on this side. Like, they don't know the big picture, who is what, what the real evil is. They're kind of just like, who are we with today? Today it's Shia LaBeouf. Tomorrow maybe Mark Wahlberg. But it sure as heck is not going to be Quintessa. You know? Yeah, because she's the great deceiver. Those old guys that are made out of stone, probably, uh, said so. So, here's the thing. Anthony Hopkins, I thought he was Merlin. When they teased him, I was like, oh, did Merlin live for a long time because he's a wizard? Oh, but he wasn't. He's just a dude. He's just the last of But he was cool. I really liked him. He's got a friend. Her name is Agnes. And Agnes. here's what I realized. What the <laughs> Someone was like, Agnes left a message or one or Cogman. Cogman said it. Cogman, who is a Transformer robot butler. Yeah. Who is unhinged as well. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, he mentioned Agnes. Agnes, look, she's a sex worker, right? Or is Anthony Hopkins a pimp of sorts? Ag- Here's the thing. Here's what I've found. What? Here's a fact I know. Now you will know. And you don't want to know. Old people are some of the horniest mofos in the world. And yeah. they have zero filter. Yeah, okay. I hear ya. Okay. Yeah. One of the highest, like, rampant spreading places of, like, all the STDs and such is retirement camps. That's because no one wants to use uh, protection because, like, we can't get pregnant. And they're all banging like crazy. Uh, So Agnes calls Cogman, say, I want to snuggle, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, can you come over for a snuggle? Which I think they would have said cuddle, but that's beside the point. 
And then Anthony Hopkins is like, I've never snuggled with Agnes. You know? Yeah. Like, you need to tell this horn dog of a lady to get out of here. Oh, yeah. And Cogman's like, ah, but you want it. And I know you. <laughs> so Cogman's leading this lady on, huh. hoping she just shows up one day and rapes Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> At this point in the movie, I stopped taking notes until basically the end. One of my notes is just Cogman, because I never got his name to like the very end. Yeah. Okay, I guess we should probably address... We talked briefly about our Oxford Master of Histories. Yeah. She's lonely. She needs a man. Doesn't want a man. Her mom and her, her cribbage group, her aunts, yeah, want her to have a man. Mark Wahlberg rolls up, and they're like... Sweet. Hey, let's look at the classifieds. Before this, they're like, look at the classifieds. Look, this guy's got a basement he wants to meet you in. A dungeon. Like, oh, great. He's got a dungeon. Yeah. That was kind of fun. Here, I thought it was funny when they met up, and she was like, Mark Wahlberg. Blah. And then Mark Wahlberg is like, you're just stuffy. Anyway, later on the counter, I don't know. I actually liked that part of the movie. I liked that. I think of all the ladies of Transformers we've had, I think she's my favorite. She's definitely the best. Because she's like a smart woman, she's brave, she does the stuff, and, you know, maybe Mark Wahlberg will finally get off of his daughter's case now that he has someone to take his take his time. And it yeah. was, was kind of cute that they had a, a little love story, and, you know, at the end, he's like, yeah, the world's about to end, he's like, what are you doing tomorrow? And she's like, oh, Mark, and he's like, ah, come on. And yeah. they kiss later. I was, and she's like, is it tomorrow yet or something? I don't know. It was nice. Yeah. It was nice. I liked her. I thought she was appropriate. Yeah. She was smart and sassy, but uh, they didn't like overly sexualize her, you know? Yeah. And she wasn't a teenager. So it's like win, win, win. Right? Right. right. I did like the, you know, I, I, I thought it was really funny, the old ladies, the group of old ladies. Yeah, it was like, fun. Being like, you're getting old. You you're basically on the verge of death. And it's like because that's oh, I've yeah. known so many girls who deal with that on like a daily basis of like the group of old ladies that's like they're like twenty seven and not married and they're like they're like you've got maybe two good years in your girls. <laughs> so it's like let's stop for a second. Uh-huh. I've got more than two good years. Yeah, I mean even my family, which I'm sure you got this more than once. Did you ever get your family dropping the thing? My dad started dropping the, you know, when I was your age, I had seven children or something like that when I was 19 years old. Mm. Yeah, no. I mean, here's the thing. I myself have thought about that many times because my dad got married like probably five years before I did and they started having kids right away. Um, I never got that. And maybe it's because I'm the youngest. My sister's not married and my brother who's like three years older than me, just got married like a year ago, you know? So I think yeah. I think they were kind of used to us doing our own thing, and they're like not even worried about it, which I'm grateful for, but I know that's a thing in most families. Yeah. I was the oldest of my siblings when I got married. Most of them got married in their early 20s, yeah. and I was 25 when I got married. Mm-hmm. Which a lot of people would say, that's fine. Seems Some like people age. would say... That's too young. That's 20 years too young. And I say, you're a psycho that will never get married. And that's fine. If you're a master's of history at Oxford. Yeah. yeah, But uh, I like that. I thought it was funny that they were. And that they didn't understand certain things. Like, oh, look at this guy. He's got a dungeon. You would like that, all that old stuff. And (laughs) she's just like, she's just like, oh, gosh. 
Uh, you don't know what these things mean. <laughs> well, like, and then they're in her house. They go up to her, the dad's study. He was a part of the order. He has all the stuff. They got to find the clue or whatever. Mark Wahlberg has like an, a, an old elephant bust or something. He's like, I don't know. Guys are stupid. They would like maybe put her up the butt or something weird like that. And he just smashes it. Just smashes it. Like, what and is they, happening? This is amazing. There's like punching through like old paintings yes yeah. he's like we gotta find it kick through a painting <laughs> yeah. and it's like why is it gonna be in the painting it's like the opposite of national treasure where he's like no i can deduce from all my history knowledge mark Wahlberg is like history is dumb let's just break stuff <laughs> it's gotta be in something oh. oh man i mean i liked it i like their their little fake romance and um here's what i didn't like the final scene where they're like, we got to go get the staff and we got to save the day. So glad you're the one. You're the one. Who's the one? You can do it. You're part of the order. It's just you. Yeah. And then she's one. wearing Converse. They gave her like a jumpsuit, like a pilot's jumpsuit. And she's wearing Converse. She was in the whole movie. She's in like heels and like a dress, like a work fancy professor dress why does she have converse who gave them to her they were with the military wouldn't they've given her boots or something why does she have converse all-stars on she has a black converse all-stars on (laughs) why why does she have a pilot bomber jumpsuit in converse Mm -mm. the preferred athletic shoes of the 70s Tyler, you're not helping me out. <laughs> Why does she Because they're the preferred tactical footwear of the sexy professor. Here's the thing, Cody. You're frustrated about the wrong part for this scene. Oh, okay. Let's talk about the other part I'm frustrated with. Optimus Prime is bad. They show up. And then, like, she has the staff, which I thought gave you a command of an amazing dragon. Optimus is like, better give me that. And then Mark Wahlberg is like, yeah, give it to him. She's like, okay. And she gives it to him, number one. I'm like, don't you have some sort of power with the staff? Can't you do something? That's fine. You know, he's a big robot, whatever. Yeah. Then it's like they're all fighting Optimus. And then Bumblebee's here and is like, my voice box works. Optimus, you're my oldest friend. And he's like, aha, Bumblebee, I'm good now. Yeah. What was he- that? Why did Bumblebee's voice start working? And why did that fix him? Because Mark Wahlberg was like, I know you. I know you don't do this. What? Why does that? How does that go? It fixed him for the same reason that uh, Superman saying Martha kept Batman from killing him. Because it was a convenient way to do something. They wrote themselves into a corner. Here's the thing. They're like, Optimus can't be the bad guy. This is Transformers, or colon, because Optimus. Got to get him a good guy again. I want. I want to go on record and retract my statement. This was a better use of that than Martha. I hadn't even seen it. I hadn't even seen that, and I know what it is. Yeah, he says Martha, and then Bruce Wayne's like, "You know Martha," and then he doesn't kill Superman. You Uh, know, Martha is not a Martha is a state of mind. That's what you need to understand. No, no, they tried to explain it as, like, he's like, oh, he cares about people. I'm like, he's Superman. He saves people every day. He will save a kitten from a tree. And you're like, this is what has humanized him for me. That he's, his last thoughts go to 
probably a human Martha. Anyway, not doing that movie. What we're doing is this battle sequence, Cody. They go through the, all the thing. They're like, all right, here's what we're going to do. Get in the giant alien spaceship. Yeah. With Ospreys. Yeah. The coolest military aircraft. Yeah. Then we're going to go twice as high as Ospreys are physically capable of going. Correct. Then we're going to load them up with the best soldiers who hate Transformers so that they can fight alongside Transformers. And then we're going to basically throw these Ospreys like paper airplanes at this thing. This is our last hope. They get there. Oh, shoot. There's Decepticons. Abandon the mission. Retreat. We're going to use physics and knock this thing off everybody retreat it's worthless it's hopeless why do we even try they wasted at least 45 minutes of the film doing this whole battle sequence that they immediately failed and gave up on instantly gave up on the plan the plan did nothing it was like optimus and the autobots got there it took them long okay optimus took longer to get there then they took to get there and retreat. Yeah. They got there and were leaving by the time Optimus showed up. And he's like, I'm here. We're winning now. And they're like, forget it. Forget <laughs> it. We're retreating. Give up. It's over. Well, the other thing is, Dora the Explorer is there. I'm like, how? How are you here? I she don't... stowed away by sitting next to a soldier. So, I mean... And then Squeaks is there, and Squeaks is like the giant cannon that's holding us all. It's not the Decepticons that are holding them all down. It's that big old cannon. And yeah. Squeaks is Lil. So he's going to go. He's Lil and he's ugly. Lil and he's small and ugly. No one will notice you. Squeaks, okay. I mean, by the end of the movie, I was like, okay, between the line about Squeaks and then calling Squeaks ugly and sending him off to almost certain doom. I mean, sure. Let's keep Squeaks. It was fun. Yeah. Um, and I do, I mean, I guess I do like that they're like, all right, we're doing the other, we're doing the physics thing. <laughs> Buster Bluth. <laughs> Tony Hale is a good actor and is in some great comedies, but he will never do anything better than his take as Buster Bluth on Arrested Development. It is just the most wonderful character who loses a hand at one point and has a hook hand and is like, I'm a monster. <laughs> and like, It's just, it's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, his plan doesn't work. Squeaks does work. And I did like that they were all about abandoned and Optimus is like, this isn't the plan. We got to get, the whole thing is about the staff. We got to get the staff. We can't just blow our way out of this. And then the Mark is like, we got to go. And then Master of Histories is like, Vivian. Vivian is like, no, I have faith in the plan. Boom, I'm not jumping. I'm going for the staff. I like that. I like that in the end, it wasn't Marky Mark that saved us. It was Vivian. Yeah. A strong, intelligent woman who is over 18. Yeah. Also, they use tactical nukes to drop it. They're like, I need two tactical nukes. Tactical nukes. nukes. Is Which that I'm a like, thing? Yes. Is it like a mini nuke that you can yes. aim very precisely? Yes. A tactical nuke is a very small nuclear explosion compared to like, it's still big, but they're like small missiles that can be carried by a plane, I think. That's fun. The big nukes are like carried by like ships or like big rockets in the ground, right? Yes. Where they're dropped by a bomber. Yeah. So they're like, I need tactical nuke approval. And then they're like, cool, hitting it with the nukes. And I'm like... 
from what you shot, it looks like one, you didn't use any nukes, and two, it looks like if you did, you could have accomplished it with missiles, but instead you have now rained fallout over all of Great Britain. Yeah. Um I think he's just used the term tactical nuke in like three Transformers movies and it's like we have to actually blow something up with a tactical nuke. <laughs> yeah. We've been we've been blue balling the people. We need the biggest explosion. Ugh. I'm sure you could be like, that's the biggest explosion in movies. Because it's a ta- it's two tactical nukes. Oh, yeah. Anyway, it didn't work. It was never going to work. It was a stupid plan. They gave up on this plan five minutes into the plan. It'd be well, like... It's also like one of those things where like, look, even if this, if this plan doesn't work, don't you need to still be going for the staff? As a backup, shouldn't you be willing to sacrifice yourselves? Like, look, you're 10 people. Maybe you'll die, but you're in the military, and it's the fate of the world. Don't you need to sacrifice your life? Have you not watched Avengers? Don't you need to be the ones to say, no matter what, I'm going to put my life on the line to save the Earth? Yeah. To save Unicron? Yeah. Cody, it'd be like on D-Day. If they like showed up and they're like, oh, shoot, the Germans are here? (laughs) Get back on the ships! This was a mistake. We knew this would fail. I don't know, man. Kills so me. I'm glad they did it. I'm glad they won. They got the staff. They yeah. conquered Quintessa. But then they decide to tease the next movie. And it's like, Michael Bay, you directed five movies. You know you're not going to direct the next one. Do you really have to tease another movie right now? Like, Can't you just let it be for a little bit? So they tease the next movie, and it's like, oh, Quintessa's taking a physical form. And now we know the bad guys for the next one. And what else did they tease? Something? Let it. Uh, she refers to it as he. He, he doesn't he? like it. He's like, she's like, you don't want to touch that. He doesn't like it. Yeah. Is it Unicron? I, is Unicron. Unicron he? Here's the thing. The only reason I kind of like that they did that was they did this fight where Quintessa mind controls both Optimus Prime and Megatron. You mean Galvatron? Galvatron and Nemesis Prime. <laughs> and and she's like, I am the god of the Transformers. I created them, and I can recreate them if I take the power from Unicron. Mm-hmm. And she's defeated by, and in the end. Optimus basically going to be like, hey, look over here. Also, there's Bumblebee. Now she's dead because Bumblebee vaporized her with his well-established as useless cannon. Yeah. So I I was just like, well, that seems Maybe, I honestly, I think I might have liked it a little more if it was like a mid-credit stinger because it felt so much like save the world and we didn't save the world because don't worry, more's coming at you. It's like, that's a mid-credits thing. Let's tease the next movie. I don't want it to be like, we saved the world. We obviously didn't because eh, when the world's ever going to be saved. It's always going to be a bigger, better fish, and it's always going to be transforming movies, and I'm always going to direct them. I didn't like that. Yeah. I wanted I wanted to savor my world saving and my Mark Wahlberg uh, finally, you know, figuring out his chastity problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like you're you're gonna be a night guy you gotta be chased right and she's like yeah that means you're abstinent which is not the same thing it's very much not and she's like you thing. bone bet you don't nerd <laughs> you yeah. think i'm a nerd you don't bone <laughs> like, i don't know which is as a uh, whatever 
Mark Wahlberg just, you know, sometimes you just need a release. Yeah. So I'm glad he found someone to go on a date with. This movie lost Paramount $100 million. What? No, it didn't. Yeah. Okay, I already saw on the fun. I didn't mean to, but the trivia said the budget was $217 million. Right. So how did it lose $100 million? So they spent $217 making the film. Did they spend two hundred seventeen advertising the film? Here's the thing: in order for it to have lost a hundred million, it made six hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. So, in order for them to have mm-hmm. shown a loss of one hundred million dollars, they would have had to advertise four hundred million dollars into this movie. Five hundred million dollars. That can't be right. They spent more than they must have spent more than double the budget of the film on advertising. I remember seeing a lot of ads for this movie. Yeah. And I don't see a lot of ads because I I skip the trailers and mo- movies and I do most of my stuff over streaming. It was very aggressively advertised. And I think it was also like advertised in expensive, extravagant ways of like, like um, fan events and things like that. Because yeah. I think they were trying to maintain the high of the fourth one. The fourth one was so bad that it could never have come back from that. I think they. So knew what the you're saying is, bad. if they just did like a fifth of the advertising, they would have made money, probably. Yes. Hollywood is nuts, man. I don't understand. They're like, look, we can make a bad enough movie if we just make it expensive enough and pay enough money to advertise. You're like, what are you doing, man? Like the same. We talked. We talked about Blade Runner 2049. They're like, let's make the most expensive sci-fi. Basically, the most expensive sci-fi movie from an indie director ever. Yes, let's do it. Also, let's advertise it to the wrong people and spend a lot of money doing it. They're like, even better. Like, and do like a bad job of advertising. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you know, let's misrepresent the movie and do it a lot. You're like, why? Yeah. Because what it's are you doing? Pegged as like an action movie in all the trailers, and I was like, if I remember, it's like a noir detective. Oh, story. there's a solid five minutes of action in the whole two and a half hours. Yeah, it's, it's that such kind of movie. a good movie though. The action is amazing in it though. It's one of those things like I almost wish Denis Villeneuve would just make an action movie because there's a lot of action the action in. Well, I mean, Sicario is pretty. Even for what it is, Sicario isn't that action packed. Like the action in Sicario, the action in Blade Runner are incredible. Yeah. I really wish. Uh, it would be really cool if we did a straight action movie. Yeah. Here's course, the... There is a lot of action in Dune. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. there's oh. lots of slow points, but there's going to be some Dune big is gonna... battles. I'm going to... I'm just... I f... My nipples are getting pointy. Like, You're it's... wriggling. I'm ready for it. <sighs> Me too. I feel some tingles coming you... from places I can't mention. Do you remember Dune. when we were in the theater and there was the trailer for Dune and roughly, I don't know, half a second into it, I leaned over to you and I said, Dune, because I could just tell from the scene what yeah. it was, because it was a boy, an old lady in a chair, and he's sticking his hand in a box. Because like, well, When it Dune. first popped up, I thought Batman. Yeah. I think it might have said Legendary maybe or something, and I was like, the vibe of this, I was definitely wrong, but oh my goodness, it looks, it just... It looks perfect, in my opinion. The thing is, Denis Villeneuve has had, like, so-so movies. But his last three or four have been so good. How dare you, so-so movies. That I can't... You didn't like Arrival, is that right? No. Arrival's great. Oh. What I'm saying like? Arrival on, even spot on. Enemies is, like, hit or miss. Oh, and then right. all his, like, French-Canadian movies. Terrible. 
it's like people are like, this one was great ah, this one sucked this one was okay oh wait enemies was all right oh arrivals like his pre-big budget movies i mean you yeah. know enemies is like mixed reviews which i haven't seen and i, I would honestly i would see anything he's directed <laughs> but i think you know his all his blockbuster movies from arrival on have done have been very good did you see the thing in really honing the craft i think it was arrivals like special features right where it's an interview with the guy that hired him as the director and he's like yeah so because uh, one of the guys who the guy who recommended him mm-hmm. sent him over like some of his short films and he's like yeah and i watched him and i could see that he could do it and they're like oh but you know so did you like those movies and he's like no they were all awful yeah. i would never recommend you watch them but he's like i could tell by his style that if yeah. you gave him the money and the kind of pointed That's him in the right the direction, thing, right? Yeah. he could nail it. Because I don't—he's not much of a writer. But so Sicario has uh, David McKenzie, I think, is the writer, maybe, or the other guy. I can't remember his name. Not David McKenzie. He's a director. Yeah, I can't remember the writer, but he writes. He wrote Wind River. He wrote <gasps> Hell or High Water, and yeah. he wrote Sicario. Anyway, so like, and Arrival, I think the same thing. If you give him a good script. I mean, he's going to knock, or even a good person just to collaborate with the script on. Yeah. He can do the, and you give him the budget. Because that's the, that's the thing. If you're producing an indie movie, you don't have the budget. But his vision for sci-fi, and I mean, he's, he does it. He can do it. He will do it. I had another bone to pick about Transformers, though. What was okay. it? Was it about You Hate Michael Bay? Was it about Cogman? Was it about the Vice President of Global Operations? No. Was it about him scolding the giant Transformer T-Rex? It was something it's about the Smuckers. And Vivian's and stuff. Dora the Explorer's still in it. And so, uh, Anthony Hopkins shooting Megatron. And the Megatron going, you. And then killing uh, Anthony that Hopkins. That was fun. Anthony Hopkins was delicious in yeah. this movie. His death scene was the only like impactful death I think I've ever. Yeah, because C.J. Yeah. Miller's was heartbreaking because you're like, oh, the movie would have been so much better That's if you the were thing. alive. The last three movies, like, okay, Ken Jeong, amazing comedic relief. T.J. Miller was on a really good track, and then they just nixed him out of the movie. And then Anthony Hopkins was amazing. I think, I think that's a key component to me liking the movies. Yeah, I don't know. This movie wasn't that good. But those things about it—the Anthony Hopkins, the Vivianiness, the squeaksiness, you know—all of that really really elevated the movie from what it was. I mean, Tucci is Merlin. I think having enough of those throughout the movie makes me get through them. I was burnt out by the end of this movie. Like by the end of the action scene, I was like, okay, yeah, all right, let's let's wrap it up. Let's yeah. let's wrap it up. But uh, you know, I like this one. I I liked the good parts of this one. And I put up with the other parts of it. Yeah. Oh, I know what it was. Give it to me. Close this out. Here's uh, spoiler alerts for Tenet. Not really. These aren't spoilers for Tenet. Tenet. They got SWAT guys, and there's like ten different patches, and they're like, uh, "What are we doing today? Uh, this kind of patch." And then the TRM guys in this one, on Here. the Ospreys, yeah, they flicked off their Velcro patches. Are patches on tactical uniforms just velcroed on? Yes. That's a thing. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Take the time to sew it on. Which, I learned to sew on patches for my my merit badges, my merit badge sash. 
Yeah, which part of the annoying part of the that I, of Tenet was that they get caught because the guy's like flicks off his patch and he's like, "You're an imposter," because it's not sewn on. I'm like, a lot of them, I think, are not sewn on. I just thought that was weird. I was like, "Well," and they're like, "Look, we're not TRM, and we take off the patch, and look, we're uh, we're I'm just a dude in an Osprey. Let's do this." Here's why, Cody. Why? I know this is at least why like uh, the rank isn't sewn on. So you just get the like your military digital camo army uniform, right? You get those, yeah, and then you put your own rank on it. So you don't have to go buy a sergeant's uniform. You just buy a uniform. Then you have your sergeant's patch, and you just so you don't go to the PX and they're like, "Hey, I need a sergeant's uniform." They're like, "We're out. We'll have to order some more." It's just like I need a large uniform. They're like, "You're too fat to be in the army," and then they kill you. I mean, I guess I liked it. Maybe I'm also just glad it's over. You are. <laughs> I'm glad these five are over. <laughs> I'm curious. I've only seen Bubblebee the once. I'm excited to see it again. Yeah. Look, some people, people who live in this house, do not like Haley Steinfeld. How I think dare she's. You, Bindi. I think she's great, Bindi. We will strip you of your producer credit and your squeaky toys. I like. I like her. I, I'm excited. I'm excited for you to see it and, and tell me what you think. I, I don't know if you'll love it or just be like, oh, I guess it was pretty good. But, you know, by measure of Rotten Tomato score, we're already winning. You know, uh, we're already, we're over the hump. We're, we're in, you know. Yeah. So what else, what else do the people need to know? What else do you have to say about this one? I mean, Would you I, recommend this movie? I mean, as far as the Transformers ones go, <clears throat> I'd say, yeah, I think it's... I would watch the first, third, and fifth movies. I would tell people that's skip, that's what I was just gonna say. I would fourth. say if you if you're into it, one, three, and five are you know good enough to you know. Now those are the high points of the. I'll say the five. second one. Skip it. The animation, the robot animation, isn't even that good. The story's awful. Just skip, nobody cares about it. The fourth one, you could put it on while you're doing other stuff. The fourth one. What's the part I like about the fourth one? Oh, it's just T.J. Miller. Yeah, it's not even like... Yeah. Yeah. You don't really need to pay attention to it. The end battle scene is pretty cool, but... Like, if you put it on the TV and then you go and like work on something or do something else, you know? Yeah. The noise of the movie will alert you to the moments you pay <laughs> yeah. attention to. Yeah. For sure. His name is Shane. He drives. <laughs> yeah. You'll know. Yeah. Well, yeah. thanks everyone for listening. Yeah, we did it. We got through the five main One through five. I mean, wow. Now, here's the real thing. If somebody wanted to ask me, said, Tyler, you're famously an owner of the fourth Transformers on Blu-ray in Steelbook. Now, I have all five of them on Blu-ray inside the Steelbooks. Some of them are not Steelbook branded cases, mm. though. A bummer, let me to just, say the least. Let me just peruse these real quick. But here's what I would say to these oh, people these who are, they... These are, you know, good, they got man. girth. Yeah. Transformers. Let's... Oh. You can hear that, right? Yeah. Adventure so of the Fallen. That's the second one I've learned. Yeah. Dark of the Moon. The third one. That's the third one. Age of Extinction. Don't you want to talk about it? That's the famous one. The last... Oh, yeah. Well, let's take a... I mean, they look... They look 
pretty they epic. They look pretty epic. There's a little bit of mayhem going on. Yeah. But in a good way. Like, I mean, I kind of like The Last Night the best. That's a cool one. Yeah, it, I mean, it's pretty It's nice red and blue tone, but it isn't red and blue. Like, I mean, yeah. all right. Respect. Respect. Yeah. But if somebody were to ask me, what what's the best Transformers story? I would say just watch the Transformers Prime show. <laughs> mm. That's like considered to be pretty good so well i'd have to disagree with you what? i would say it's beast wars 100 <laughs> <100%. laughs> percent. they've got like a rhino one there's like a cheetah one if i remember correctly and i this has to be crazy i think there's like a raptor one there's like a velociraptor one i don't know if i can explain that or if that's correct but i'm gonna do some digging and you know we'll circle back around to that one <sighs> gotta say thanks for listening feel free to share us if you want Rate us, review us. Do it, you cowards. It's at the place where the podcast are is where we are. If we're missing, you can let us know. If Hey, if you want us to do any movies, if it's burning a hole, if you're just like, what does Cody think of this movie? Or I think it would be funny if Tyler, if I made Tyler watch this movie, just tweet us at Opinion Havers. And uh, we'll get back to you. We'll take it, you know, we'll talk to our producer. We'll, uh, you know, see how she feels about it. Yeah. Until next time, watch movies. And have opinions. He called it the Bayham, Cody. That's the most ridiculous thing. Ugh. I'm so mad that he called... Because I remember when Ryan Reynolds was like, I did a Michael Bay movie, look at all the Bayham. I was like, ha, that's fun. That's Michael Bay. Now that Michael Bay, it's propaganda. The Bayham. Ugh. 8K.